Welcome to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you can find links to our social media accounts. Led by Pastor Mike Deese, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Now presenting this week's message. That's a good thing. That's a great thing. If uh, today you are able to say, I am a child of God. Uh, If you are, just say, yes, I am. am. All right. As his children, would you just join me in a quick prayer? Father, we just want to come before you right now. And acknowledge, Jesus, that you are the way, the truth, and the life sent by our loving Father so that we may experience life and life abundantly. Now we just ask that through your Holy Spirit you would uh, enable each of us and that we would look to you to enable each of us just to open our hearts and our minds to, Lord, the your presence, and that you would speak to our hearts through your word and the teaching today. Lord, our heart is to hear from you. Our need is to hear from you. So we just corporately and individually want to just lay down the worries and the concerns, um, the things that... uh, have demanded our attention from this past week. And now, Lord, enable us. We look to you and we choose to just fully focus on you and what you would have for us on this day as your children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for that. Uh, If you would take your Bibles and turn with me to Colossians, the second chapter. Today we're going to continue the series Uh, The power of the cross, the power of the cross. Uh, We started it last week and uh, we'll have one more week after this. And if you don't have a Bible, just lift up your hand. We've got some folks out there that uh, have some. If you need a Bible, it's it's a good thing to have one. Uh, uh, Colossians chapter 2, page 1166, if you have one of the Bibles that we provided. as we think about the cross, as we began last week, you know, as Christians, you know, we we wear crosses. Uh, we have crosses maybe in our pocket. We may make the sign of the cross. We have crosses in our home. Uh, we talk about the cross. We even, you know, sing about the cross. Uh, and um, uh, if you're an old timer kind of like me, uh, one of the hymns that we used to sing, uh, the old rugged cross. Uh, and uh, it's perhaps it doesn't carry a lot for you, but you know it just it was by uh, George Bernard back in the early 1900s. Uh, the words go like this: On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. And then the chorus is: So I'll what cherish. The old rugged cross till it, uh, my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it one day for a 
uh, crown. So really, it's in that that it really uh, does point us to truth. And, and, and remind us of just really its importance of the cross uh, and clinging to the cross. And it, not just as a symbol, uh, but really the literal power that's behind the cross and what Jesus Christ accomplished for us on the cross. And really, uh, we understand, you know, that uh, God's holiness uh, as believers, we understand that His holiness and His justice demanded the death penalty. And that the only hope that we have to be made right with God was through the cross is to accept what Jesus, accept and believe uh, that Jesus paid a debt that we could never pay. So we get to a point in life where we go, I can't earn my way into to a right relationship with God. I can't experience that for which I was created apart from the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus had to die on the cross. So, so we, we understand that, or, you know, basically, uh, how vital that is. Uh, but often we lose sight of the vital role of the cross in our daily lives. And, and that's why we're diving into God's Word and asking Him to show us and remind us of the preeminence of the cross and how important the cross is. So last week we took some time to take a look a little bit of the message of the cross, what's behind that, the centrality of the cross. And, and uh, we, we, we saw that at the cross, the world's guilt was exposed for all have sinned and fallen short of the uh, glory of God, that, that God used the cross to expose the guilt, that we are guilty. And, uh, but we also saw that through the, at the cross, we saw that God proved His hatred of sin. Something so radical, uh, something that's, that, that, that people turned away from, that, uh, the unimaginable. It just demonstrates for us how uh, much God hates sin. Uh, and so we also looked at, it's at the cross that God uh, demonstrated His love. Through Jesus Christ, for God so loved the world. Uh, and it's all, as we look at the cross, there's the message of the cross that comes to us. But finally, we took a look at just a little bit at, you know, is that the cross that, that God offered to us a way of victory, a way of to have experienced victory in our lives. And that's not just victory over sin, not victory as, as in that we've got a place to go after we die, but victory in our lives every single day. And uh, so this week we're going to dive in a little bit and how the cross makes that victory possible. So, so here's the deal. If you're here today and as a follower of Jesus Christ, you know, maybe you feel like your faith is a little bit flat or, you know, you're just, you're not, you're not having the passion. You know, when, when we're up singing, you're not going, yes, I am. Yes, I am. You kind of go, maybe, 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 you know, but it's just not there. Or, you know, there's, you're seeing people just giving God glory every day and you're going, praise God. And you're going, I'm kind of not there. You know, if that's what's going on in your life or if your marriage is in flat, if your marriage is flat or in shambles, uh, you know, there's a lot of strife and tension or you're just, you know, living parallel lives and there's not what God's intention is, you know, for your marriage or if your thought life is in the gutter. And there's a lot of stinking thinking there and, and, and there's confusion and all that going on in your life or if your finances are wrecked because of debt. 
Or if your habits are weak at best, or you know, you're not seeing there's self-control in your life, you're struggling to fight off temptations, you're feeling like you know, failure after failure that's going on in, in your walk, and so you're kind of shrinking back and, and you're just not feeling that joy and that peace and that expectancy in your life, or your relationships stink, you know, or, or there may be surface level at best. You know, the, there's not those deep, abiding, meaningful relationships and, you're, and, and you feel deficient because of that. Or if you find yourself in a constant state of disappointment with yourself or your friends or life itself, or you're just not, you know, you're not feeling fruitful or fulfilled, then I, what I want to share with you, I believe, I really believe that God's got a message for you today. He, there's, he wants to reveal to you that there are responses that you can make to Him if you truly embrace what He offers to you today to turn that around. And if you're here today going, well, you know, I'm not really interested in turning much around. I just want to survive. He wants to turn that around. He wants to turn that around to where you're living an abundant life, a vibrant life. And so as we come to take a look at the cross and the power of the cross, I believe God has a message for each of us this morning. Uh, Billy Graham, when he was asked, you know, oftentimes, you know, why he thought there was just so many people that, that God used him and why so many people come, came to know Jesus Christ, you know, millions upon millions of people through his ministry came to know Jesus Christ and become Christians. He always pointed to the fact that he said because he kept the cross central, the cross central to his message and the understanding of the cross of Jesus Christ. And it's good for us to, to allow God through His Word to remind us of the power of the cross and what Christ accomplished in that. And as we look at the cross and think back to historically, you know, and, and, and we need to act, continue to ask as we prayed earlier, God, just take this and use this in my mind and my heart to engage in, in whatever response you would have for me to make or to clarify any thoughts or, or to pinpoint the focus that you would have in my life. But to take it from, you know, what happened back then, this instrument of death, and realize that it is now that God, because of that death, it becomes an instrument of life to us. Yes, the cross is offensive because what it says, it serves notice that you cannot measure up. You cannot do it. You can never, never do enough in order to allow the holiness of God to be revealed through your efforts or my efforts uh, in order to have uh, a right relationship with God only through what Christ accomplished on the cross. It, it's in the cross that we see the greatest rescue mission ever accomplished. And it now it rescues me and you from just flat living, carnal living, self living, world dominated living into experiencing that for which God desires in your life. So he has a plan. He has a purpose. So we're going to look at how that way of victory, uh, take a few minutes to look at why that victory is possible. Why life can be different than it is right now. Why, you know, you say people, you know, you know, you don't teach an old dog new tricks. They've been in that, living that way for so long. Oh no, not whenever you factor in the power of Jesus Christ in someone's life and the power of the cross. And uh, so 
We're going to take a look at this passage in Colossians chapter 2, uh, verses... Uh, you know, my Bible's falling apart here. Um, what's, this, what's the saying about if your Bible's falling apart? Wow. Hey, there's a, there's a little saying there. A well-worn Bible means well-fed soul. Um, well, that's a good one. It, I heard it this way. Uh, you know, if your Bible's falling apart, your life probably isn't. Okay? Well, okay. I'm not saying that's the case. So this thing just needs to be new. All right, here we go. Colossians chapter 2. We're going to look at this powerful passage as Paul. The Apostle Paul is uh, speaking to the church there at Colossae and just the supremacy of Christ, what Christ accomplished for us and the freedom that we have in Christ from religion and from the world and all other aspects in order that we can live as God intends for us to live. And here's the, really the crux of it in these, in these verses, 13 through 15. He says, When you were dead in your sins... And in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us. And that stood, uh, all this that uh, was against us and that stood opposed to us. And he took it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and the authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Pray with me. Father, we thank you uh, for your word. Jesus, we look to you as our teacher this morning. Thank you for the cross. And may we handle and approach and deal with the cross in the way that you would have us to do this morning. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Powerful passage, liberating passage right there in Colossians chapter 3. And it's one that many of you that have been in a relationship with God, you know, have passed over time and time again. And, you know, we've read that. We've absorbed it. We were so grateful for it. Uh, but uh, throughout history, we see God telling his people to remember, remember, remember. And so it is important for us to come back to these truths. And there are three things in this that through the power of the cross that we see that God has made available to us. And the first one is this. Through the cross, God makes me totally alive. I am totally alive because of what God has accomplished through the cross. This verse, verse 13. When you were spiritually dead because of your sins, God made you alive with Christ. Uh, there's a song I, I share with some of the guys. Uh, Baker Street by Jerry Rafferty. Uh, years ago, none of us old timers remember that. Uh, and then the, some of the first line, the, really the beginning of the song, uh, they had these words. Uh, he talks about a man who's light in his head and dead on his feet. Uh, light in his head and dead on his feet. And, and, and really that describes us if we don't have a relationship with Christ. That describes the world, you know, just, you know, light in our head and dead on our feet because the truth is without the cross, we may be physically alive. We are uh, emotionally alive. We are mentally alive, but we're spiritually dead. As believers, followers, we understand that. But what God accomplished for us through Jesus on the cross and His death, His death means life for us. Now we have the life of Jesus within us. We are made totally alive. 
If we don't have the Spirit of God in us, we're devoid of spirit life. We're activated. We're undriven by sin, self, Satan, the world, the flesh, not everything but Him. We, do have, we don't have the capacity to be able to engage and embrace in the things of God. We can talk about God. We can talk about religion. We can do all that. But we are not totally alive because the only way that we connect with God is through Spirit. And through that spirit that resonates to the rest of our life, through our bodies, through our bodies physically, through our bodies emotionally, through our bodies relationally, uh, mentally, and every other way. God makes us totally alive uh, through the cross of Jesus Christ. Are you thankful for that? Amen. Thank you for that. I have Christ in me, the hope of glory. We're totally alive in Him. Uh, there's a transform, transformation that, that is made because of what God does. Uh, another, let's refer to another hymn. John Newton, uh, he was a man that uh, was radically changed. Now before, before uh, uh, Christ, he was involved in slave trading, uh, all kind of stuff. He was living according to the ways of the world around him at that particular time. But, uh, uh, and he was a captain of a ship and that was in the process going back and forth to Africa and there was a major storm. Some of you know this story. There was a major storm that came up and he just, you know, in his wretchedness, he cried out to God, God help me. And God, and, and God showed up. And, and his life was transformed. And, and we know uh, about it through his testimony in the song Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. When, when Christ, through, the, through his, his uh, amazing work through the cross, we are made totally alive. When, you know, there's a lot of people that say, I'm, you know, I'm out there living, but we're not really living until we come into that relationship with Christ. So that's an amazing thing. Thank you, God, for that. I am totally, totally alive. Now, two things that, that enable that, uh, um, us being totally alive, uh, are seen in these next few verses. Second thing that God does is He makes me totally forgiven. God makes me totally forgiven through the cross. What Jesus accomplished for us on the cross. We're not forgiven because of our actions or because, you know, our penance or whatever the case is where we are totally forgiven whenever we believe and embrace and trust what Christ Jesus did for us on the cross. He says in verses uh, 13b and 14, He forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and He took it away by nailing it to the cross. The forgiveness that comes through Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus is available to know everyone. And so the amazing thing is, and, and we know that and we appreciate that, but the truth of the matter is, even as followers of Jesus Christ, sin follows every, every human being like a, a stalking shadow. It never lets go. It never uh, uh, stops trying to destroy lives through all types of wretchedness. Yet this is what God says right here. We are totally forgiven, past, present, and future. That's, that's, that's a good thing. Totally forgiven. Now, does that give us a license as well? Okay, I'll just go out and do... No, 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 no. Because when we truly understand that, when that really resonates within our life, there is that love. Jesus says, He who is forgiven much loveth much. 
And when we come to understand what put Jesus on the cross, sin, which is not just bad stuff, but it's just missing the mark. It's living life apart from God. It's allowing self-life to dominate. And and self-life is sin. You know, there are sins of uh, active, willing sin, and then there's just sins of just, I don't care, and I don't give a rip. And and, 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 uh, we call them sins of omission. But those same sins, no matter what, is so horrific. That's why Jesus had to die on the cross. But because of what Christ accomplished, we are completely, totally forgiven. One of the things that I do, and I, you know, I've not uh, uh, become automatic and all this stuff and, and tech and as far as, you know, like bill pay. You remember the old fashioned way, you know, of bill pay. You just had to sit down and write all the checks and all that. So I've got a few of the things set up, you know, on, um, you know, bill pay, but I usually don't do automatic stuff because I want to sit down and I want to record every time because I kind of want to feel the pain, you know, you know, that money going out, you know, and because this ain't play money, this is real. And, uh, but a matter of fact, when we sold our house, when we, after we first moved to Georgia and we sold our house, uh, uh, when we lived in Cobb County, um, before moving here in 95, the guy that bought my house, he paid cash. He paid cash. I went, wow. You know, I said, I, I need, I need to know you and more of your friends, you know, but, you know, he paid cash for my house. So, but it was just this big, our house. No, I'm just kidding. No, but, um, uh, I, I said, well, why are you paying cash? He goes, because I want to feel the pain every time I lay down. Somebody. I, want, I want to feel it, you know, to make it real. Well, Jesus felt the pain of pain for my sin and your sin. He endured that, but He says, I'm willing to do that because this is, this is what is required because of the righteousness and the holiness of God, but it's also uh, to show you this is how much I love you. And then the good thing is, is that when I go back and I'm paying my bills, uh, you know, on the statement, I always put paid, paid. And then if there's something that I've been paying over a long time, like if you go buy a car or something of that nature and uh, you've been pay- making payments, don't you like when you get that last notice that this is the last payment and you can write paid in full? Well, that's what Jesus has said about me and you. When we come into a relationship with Him, He's saying paid in full for what do you mean? For what I've already done? No, what I've already done, what I'm doing, and what I will do. That's the amazing thing of God's love, that I am totally forgiven. You are totally forgiven. Wow. You know, and so He wants us to just marinate in that. I am totally forgiven. I'm totally alive because I'm totally forgiven. There's not this uh, sin weight that is pushing me down. No, I'm forgiven because of what Christ has purchased for me on the cross. Amazing love. How can it be? But then also we see in this passage that uh, not only does God make me totally alive because He makes me totally um, forgiven, but through the cross, I am totally, God makes me totally free. This is what God accomplishes through the cross. We are totally free. Look what he says in verse 15. And number three, he disarmed the powers and the authorities, those supernatural forces of evil operation and operating against us. So here's the deal. We're, you know, we're sitting on some physical chairs and we like these and, you know, there's some 
fairly new carpet in here and we like this and physical. But we know, we all know that there's this supernatural, there's the spiritual forces that are functioning out there. This seeking to kill, still kill and destroy. But he says he disarmed those powers and authorities and he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross. And you might just want to kind of underline that tri the triumph by the cross. Triumphing over them by the cross. It is God's economy that through the cross there's triumph, there's victory. And so we are totally free. Free, free from uh, not only sin, but we're free from the power of sin, free from the power of Satan and all of these spiritual authorities that would come against you and would come against me. That's an amazing thing that, that He has done. As a matter of fact, 1 John 3, 8 says, The Son of God appeared to destroy the devil's work. I love, I, I, love the, I love that. So see, what it's saying is the power, if the power of darkness uh, is coming against you right now, you can stand firm in the finished work of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ at the cross. The power of the cross is amazing. It's through the cross that we are made totally alive. We are, we, God makes us totally forgiven. God makes us totally free. We are free. Now, some of you may not feel that free right now, but it's because you're not just, you're not cashing out on what God has accomplished for you or me. If I feel, if I'm in some type of bondage, if I am restricted in any way, it's because I'm not believing and then trusting and then activating what it is that God wants me to do as far as trusting Him in my life. So, here's the deal. God's done an amazing thing. Uh, that's think about it totally alive completely alive totally forgiven you know he paid a debt uh, that he did not owe we owed it but he paid it totally forgiven totally totally free uh, free from this free for abundant living we're free that's the good news that's what God intends and desires for us to experience but the problem, here's the problem. Here's the problem. See, Satan's not going to stop his lies. He's not going to stop. The flesh is still going to be the flesh. And we've got this until we go home to be with the Lord whenever He calls us home. Uh, so there's always going to be this battle that's going on. God's won the war through Jesus Christ, but He wants us to be able to trust Him and embrace what He's accomplished for us. But what happens so often is, is that, that we kind of lose sight of some of this stuff. And many, many Christians you know, are living like the world. You know, we, we, you know it's like you, you see so many uh, professing Christians that are living like the world. Their marriage, you know, their marriage looks like the world's marriages and are in shambles and, and are defeated. And there's tension and there's turmoil and, and there's brokenness. Uh, their finances looks like the world's. It's like, hey, hey, you know, I, I, I deserve a break today. I need to get, I want, you know, it's all about me and what I want. I can get it when I want it. But, and then debt is just mounting up. You know, our relationships, you know, our surface relationships, and they're not relationships, you know, that are honoring and building one another up and encouraging one another, but it's all about me. And then, and then there's the resentment and then there's the unforgiveness. And so there's so much of that that looks like the world. 
And, and we find ourselves caught in this vortex of, of the world. And that's the reason Paul says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. You mean God has, given, God has made me totally alive, I'm totally forgiven, I'm totally free, and yet I don't really feel like it. I, I feel there's so many things that are coming against me that I, I feel like a victim. I, I, I feel powerless. So many times we talk about believing Jesus as our Savior. We trust Him with our lives. We even talk about being followers of Christ. And, and we, you know, as followers of Christ, we talk about Jesus being the way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And, you know, we, we know all those catchphrases. Uh, but here's the way it so often works is that, you know, it's just like, if we're not careful, then, you know, we're, you know, we'll go to church. We'll pick up something here and there. We'll, we'll th open our Bible every now and then. We'll read some stuff. But the truth of the matter is, is that what is, what's got, what gets your attention gets you. What's got our attention is just the world and all the stuff and the worries of the world and the cares of the world and all this kind of stuff. And so our lives begin to reflect so much of what the world. And God has said that as, as followers of His, we're, we're holy, we're separate. We're sojourners in this world. And, and, and yet you're going, yeah, but you know. No, I mean, well, how's it working out whenever we're allowing the world to dictate rather than His love and His Word and His truth? Uh, and so sometimes, so many times it's like, you know, we're going, Jesus, you, you know, as, Jesus, we pray a lot, you know, help me do this, do this, please take this away from me, fix that, fix that, Jesus, fix that, you know, and, and he's just a big fixer. Um, but what God has just really impressed on me and, and, and looking and, and preparing, you know, for this series is that this, the way of Jesus, you know, if we're, if we're followers of Jesus, okay, I'm follower of Jesus. And we say Jesus is the way. The way of Jesus is and has always been the way of the cross. Hey, matter of fact, you've got a little place you can fill that out. Write that down right there. Uh, the way of Jesus is the way of the cross. Uh, that, that was his intention from the very get. The way of Jesus is the way of the cross. Matter of fact, say that with me. The way of Jesus is the way of the cross. Um, if we don't understand this and embrace this, there's no way that we're going to experience the victory and the abundance or the fruit of being a child of God. Instead, if we don't understand this, we're going to continue to struggle with self-led, flesh-driven, world-dominated lives. As if we don't understand this, we'll have lives filled with doubt, confusion, defeat, strongholds, powerlessness. If we don't understand and embrace the power and the purpose of the cross as God intends it in our lives, then we're going to miss out on this Victory, this freedom, the very, the, the, the very purpose that God has called us into a relationship with Him for. So here's the deal. And we mentioned this last week. The cross is not a mere event in history. It's a way of life. Now think about that. The cross is not just a mere event in, you know, in, in history. It is a way of life. And again, sometimes we kind of recall again that because here's, here's what Luke 9.23, this is what Jesus says. He says, if anyone wishes to follow me, he must deny himself. Uh, we don't like that. And take up his cross daily and follow me. And we go, that is hard. 
That is, you know, and that's the reason so many see the cross as offensive because it's not about me. It's about Him. But truly, it is about Him, but it demonstrates that His very essence is that of relationship and wanting a relationship. But the only way we can have that is by coming into a relationship with Him. And the way of Jesus is the way of the cross. That's what Jesus did. That's why Jesus came so that He could die on the cross for me and you. Praise God. That that was not just the finished work, but after His burial, then there was the resurrection. And now, the reason that we are totally alive is because His Spirit is within us. And as followers of Jesus Christ, the way of Jesus is the way of the cross. And He says, our way is the way of the cross. You want to follow Me? Deny self, take up your cross daily and follow Me. And, you know, sometimes we think about, you know, we've heard people go, oh, yeah, well, my sister's a jerk. That's just my cross to bear. That's not your cross. That's not what he's talking about there. Um, The Christian life is a life on the cross. And we go, man, that means death. Yeah, but death means life. You go, but I don't, I don't want to die. I don't want, I don't want to die. I don't, you know, I want, I want to have my way on this. Really? How's that working for you? I don't, I, I, I don't, I've got my rights. No, the Christian life is a life on the cross. It's about death of things that smother life. Uh, some of you, it's, uh, it's amazing how uh, Grady can, um, through social media, can be made available to people places like this. Uh, I've told you about their people. Matter of fact, I had Ed who, get, yeah, he's not here. Where's Ed? Uh, he came up to me a couple of weeks ago. Ed uh, said, hey, I took my mama to your, your sister's restaurant down there in Grady, Alabama, Red. So I'm like, What? You know, he just kind of said, okay, he said, she's from Montgomery. He said, yeah, said, yeah, I took her down there. I said, do you eat some cornbread? He goes, oh, yeah. You know, so, but, uh, so, you know, any of you that have ever do this Facebook stuff, I and mean, if you happen to get, you know, come across Red, you're going to see my sister's always posting some stuff. And every now and then, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, she's posting stuff all the time, but, but just a couple of days ago, she posted, she's bragging. She said, y'all, we're going to have some peas. And she had like five, five gallon buckets of purple hull peas in the back of her car. And then the next day she said, uh, uh, message from the uh, message from the help, you know, the employees. Please come and keep us busy because if we're not busy, we have to shell peeps. Uh, you know, and so and I can tell you, there've been time after time after time, you know, that she is she's taking pictures of her out in the field and all that kind of stuff. There've been new newspaper articles and all that kind of stuff, but she's out there early in the morning. You know, right as sun, just getting a little bit light before the sun comes up. It's getting a little bit light outside. She's out there picking peas, you know, and I just I go. Ugh. But here, here's the deal. You know, peas are good. Any of y'all like peas? You like black eyed peas? You like pink eyed purple? You know, you know, them peas are good, you know. But the way, you know how it works. You just go out there and you, you, you plow it up and you plant peas. But what happens is there's some good life. And that life of those peas are going to be good to me and good 
to me and for me and all that kind of stuff. But there's some other stuff that starts growing even as that life is growing. There's some weeds. And, and you know as well as I do, that's what happens in our life. As Christ has given us life, there's going to be all this junk that's coming up. There's going to be attitudes. There's going to be thoughts. There's going to be mindsets. There's going to be uh, the opinions. of There's all this stuff that's going to come up and it's going to try to choke out, choke out that life. And what happens a lot of times for us as followers of Jesus Christ is the reason that we're not experiencing victory and the reason that we're not experiencing that abundant life is because we've not going down there and does what a farmer will do and just he'll start chopping down, you know, using the hoe to hold down those weeds. That's the cross. That's the cross. Now we may think, we may think that, you know, it's my right to feel good about myself and to get my word in and to get back and to get revenge. Or we may think that, you know, I deserve a break today, you know, but it may be that God is saying, no, I need to... I need you to chop that down. Because there's no life in that because that's a flesh-driven life. That's a world-driven life. Here's what Paul says in this next verse, Galatians 6.14. He said, But far be it from me to boast in anything or anyone except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. I, I think... God wants us to stop and, and just say, Lord, uh, let Paul's words kind of resonate within me just for a little bit. He says, through whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. There is a song that uh, is on, on the back of your notes there that we used to sing. It's a little... Uh, I remember learning that... Um, you know, around a campfire, you know, when I was in the youth, youth department. But it's just, it's just very simple. It says, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. But look, 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 at, each, look at each of these um, stanzas. It says, the world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me, no turning back, no turning back. Though no gun, no though none, no none go with me, still I will follow. And then the next one, look, my cross I'll carry till I see Jesus. You know, it seems like a good little diddly, but the truth of the matter is so absolutely profound. Because see, I think for some of us. What God just wants, He wants in a, in a loving way, He wants to say, hey, hey, hey. You, you know how you, 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 you're disappointed in yourself? You, you know how you're just upset with that person? You, you know you, you, you're, you're, you're fighting here, financially. You, you, whatever it is that's going on, He said, I know, but here's what's going on. You've, you've kind of, Lost sight of this, you kind of kind of got it backwards. And because it was really convicting to me. Because see, the truth of the matter is, a lot of times, the way I, I live is like the world before me, the cross behind me. What's what's 
What and who's come? The world before me, the cross behind me. You know, we know if it gets tough enough or out of control, you know, we got to, okay, we got to deal. No, but here it is. This is the way you say, as followers of Jesus Christ, it's the cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me, the world behind me. My cross I'll carry till I see Jesus. My cross I'll carry till I see Jesus. And I think God is just saying, hey, 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 child of mine. Yes, I am. I am a child of God. Yes, I am. As my, ch- as my child, listen, it's the cross. You want victory? You want joy? You want abundance? You want to see a transformation in your family? You want to see a transformation in, in your finances? You want to see a transformation in your mind? You want, to, you want to see a transformation in your community? You want, you want to do, hey, there's some things you got to die to. In order, in order for my life to come out and produce mm, these pink-eyed, purple-hulled, delicious, nutritious, life-giving nutrients. We've got to chop some stuff down. The Christian life, the Christian life is a life on the cross. Instead of being repulsed and going, uh, 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 no, see it as it truly is. Last week we made this statement. I want to make it again. And let's think about this. See, the cross is not merely a, a past place of substitution. Jesus was your substitute. The cross is not merely a, a past place of substitution, but it is also a place of daily execution. The cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me, the world behind me. And the truth of the matter is, is that today that the Holy Spirit is now just bringing to your mind and bringing to your heart something He's saying, hey, let's execute this. Let's put it on the cross. Your sins, your sins were paid for. I nailed them to, they were nailed to the cross. And today, what He's simply wanting me and you to do is just to respond in obedience to what He is leading. And it may be pride. You know, the fact of the matter is, you've just been... And then, by the way, how can you know if we're not spending time in His Word and, and we, we get in His Word and He has something to say to you about how you how you to live your life and how you're to love the God, Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and, and how you're to seek Him. Seek Him. And you're going, oh, well, I'm, I don't have time. I don't fit. He's going, hey, I want you to take and execute your comfort or your pattern. Just came, come and put that on the cross. Uh, it may be, well, you know what? I've got a right to go out there and, and eat dinner. You know, go out because I don't want to cook. But you're... <laughs> but you but your 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 finances are a mess. Yeah, well, I deserve a break today. Where is that coming from? The world before me, the cross behind me. His grace is enough. His grace is sufficient. He is the. So it's just a matter of what do we believe? Who do we believe? 
You know, it may be that there's resentment and he's saying that, you know what? There's resentment in your heart. I want you to take and I want you to execute that. I want you to put that on the cross right now. It may be fear. You're just so afraid to do what God, you believe God wants you to do because it's just so uncomfortable or it's so scary. And he's saying, I want you to, I want you to die. I want you to, right now, I want you to put that fear on the cross. It may be, you know, I want somebody, I want them to know I really feel it. I have a right for that. And he's wanting you to put your rights on the cross. I don't know what it is, but you know what it is. You know what it is that's continued just to come back and pound you and pound you and pound you. We need to take, and God is inviting us to take this song and let it about be a way of life. The world behind me, the cross before me, my cross I'll carry till I see Jesus. Because it's in Him and Him alone that we're totally alive, that we're totally forgiven, we're totally free. And He's given you the freedom to respond to Him today. For some of you, it's been years and years and years of just a bad marriage. And, you're, and you've already given up. And He's saying, I want you to die to that. I want you to come and offer your marriage. For some of you, it's, it may be you know, some habit that just been eating your lunch for years and you just got to give it up. What, just say, Lord, I'm, gonna take, I'm, just, I'm just going to come and I'm going to see you and what, because to follow you is to t- deny myself, take up my cross, and then watch life flourish. The way of Jesus is the way of the cross. We are followers of Jesus. The way of Jesus is the way of the cross. You want to follow it? Say it with me, the way of Jesus. The way of Jesus is the way of the cross. Would you pray with me? Father, thank You for this moment. Holy Spirit, thank You that You are relentless in Your love for us. And today, oh Holy Spirit, you've just kind of brought to mind something in our life that we just we need to just come and just bring to your cross and execute. For some of you this morning, I, it, there may just be one, but you you've never you've never just surrendered to and embraced. Jesus and trusted Jesus and turn your life over to Him. That last stanza of that song says, Will you decide now to follow Jesus? Will you decide now to follow Jesus? Will you decide now to follow Jesus? See, He's offering His love to you today and you can. Simply by coming to say, Jesus, I believe you. I believe that you are the Son of God. I don't understand all that, but you came to this earth and you lived and you died for for me. And that I can trust you not only for the forgiveness of my sins so that I can have a, a home in heaven, but Lord, you died in order that I may 
experience life that I can be totally alive, totally forgiven, totally free. I don't know how that works, but Jesus, you do because you are the author of life. And today I come and I surrender and receive you into my heart. Follower of Jesus, today there's an opportunity for you to come and today be a day of a great execution. So that the life of Jesus and the aliveness of Jesus and the freedom of Jesus comes through in you. Do you trust Him? As we close our service, I'm going to give you an opportunity, just whatever the Lord is, just it kind of is in a symbolic way. Just We don't have a cross up here, and we don't have the cross of Jesus, but it is a, simply a matter of laying it down and dying. And I want to invite you to join me at the front because I'm going to come and just say, Lord, I, I, want, I want to place this on the cross, a place of execution, to die to this. Deny myself of, of this. And as the closing song is played, I want to, I want to invite you just to, to respond to the initiative uh, of the Holy Spirit. Matt, if you would all just come as you prepare to, uh, the closing number. Lord, we just ask that um, you would just uh, be honored and be glorified uh, as we, uh, Lord, respond to You, as we are doers of Your Word, not hearers only. Thank You, Jesus, as You're so passionate, so amazing. Lord, thank You for Your goodness. And it's out of Your goodness. Lord, even though it's scary that we can come and lay it down, Lord, we desire to follow You to love You with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we trust that You will do that in our hearts and our lives as we follow You and obey You. Lord, we pray today will be a day of great execution, execution of the flesh and of the things of this world, and that the light and the love of Jesus Christ would be lifted up. For we make it our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you'll find links to our social media accounts. We gather every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Tune in next week.